adore the Lord. Come on, let's give him praise today. Come on, church. Let's breathe in the grace of God. Let's breathe in the presence of the living Jesus. And we worship the God who was. And we worship the God who is. And we worship the God who evermore will be. Open the prison doors. Open the prison doors. A party the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. There's joy, right?
above every battle and his struggle that we are facing today. So we look to Jesus. We turn our eyes to you, Jesus. We say, come have your way. Come be sovereign in our lives, Lord. Come place your hand in every area we feel that we cannot hold in our own strength. We look to you, Jesus. We trust in you.
for the name of Jesus. Every tribe and every tongue will confess his praise. Toda lengua, toda nación, confesará que tú eres Dios. Poderoso, poderoso, poderoso su nombre Poderoso su nombre El nombre de Jesús Mi Rey Poderoso su nombre Incomparable ser Poderoso su nombre No hay otro nombre Poderoso su nombre Poderoso su nombre like that I just think about the billions of believers around the world in the last 24 hours that are in gathering singing in their language there's over 7,000 languages around the world we just did two the kingdom is wide it's vast it's deep and we're a part of it gives new meaning to the, the Lord reigns let the whole earth rejoice even the distant shores be glad Stay right here. Just look at him. Just look at the beautiful Savior. Look into his face. Powerful Jesus. Declare your name. Praise you, God. You're the exalted one, the one who overcomes. Try to sing this with us here. God is our creator. God is on the throne. And God is all consuming. The head of all we know. And God is our good father. And God is endless love. And God is ever present. Right here, he's singing over us. Hear the sound. Jesus is our answer. And Jesus is our answer. And Jesus is our King. And Jesus is the doorway to heaven's everything we walk through. 
Jesus is our brother and Jesus in a sea and Jesus brings the kingdom and sets the captives free the exalted one who has overcome and this is who our God is see the Lord most high see the Lord most high he is glorified, and this is who our God is. We'd love to sing who you are. Now the Holy Spirit. Church, we've been singing this section here. This should sound familiar right here. Let earth rejoice and rejoice. He reigns. He reigns forevermore. One heart, one voice, and one heart, and one voice singing glory to your name. And glory to your name.
Let earth rejoice. He reigns forevermore. If we only come here on Sundays to be happy in this building, but it stays in this building, we have wasted our time. And we have not fulfilled our job as the people of God. Our job is to come here to be filled with the Spirit and to race out into our world so that earth rejoices, singing, He reigns forevermore. Today is Outreach Sunday here at New Life Church. You may have seen in the lobby, we've got these tables all over the place. We've got really excited people telling the story of what God's doing, both in our city and around the world. I wanna give you some stats today. We've got one of these bolt, uh, uh, binders or folders, binders, folders, boulders. We've got one of these out in the lobby that's telling all that we're doing with local and global outreach this year, so grab one of those. But we have 16 international mission trips that we're gonna send people on from our church here in 2024. You can get signed up for one of those today or get the information today. I went on two trips last year, three trips last year, I highly recommend, especially parents, if you have kids that you wanna disciple and show them the world and show them that the world is not Briargate. <laughs> Take them into the nations of the earth and go serve people who will never be able to repay you. I highly recommend it. 16 international trips, 35 child sponsorships for the kids that we support in Guatemala. You can get signed up for those today. And let's just eliminate those 35 right here in the first service. Let's knock that out. We've got three prisons here locally in the state of Colorado that we as, a new, as New Life Church have taken what we really feel responsibility over for their spiritual care. Eight elderly facilities here in town, senior care facilities that we go into on a weekly basis. And I'll show you one of those stories here in just a minute. We run food pantries for the homeless. We're partnering with Will Rogers Elementary School and tons of foster families in need in the state of Colorado. Not even people that go to our church, just foster families who need the church to come alongside. We're doing that week in and week out and we need you to know that. But I wanna show you this last video. Just, I think two weeks ago it was, let's play this video. We had two 80 plus year old women get baptized in one of our senior care facilities. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. What does it take for an 85-year-old woman to go, you know what? I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And we took a horse trough down there. And an 85-year-old woman, you know, had help climbing into a horse trough and was put down under the water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then we lifted these ladies out and you should have seen the joy on their faces. Friends, let earth rejoice. He reigns forevermore. Can you say amen today? Some of you ask, when we give our tithes and offerings, what are we doing? This is scratching the surface of what we are doing as a church to let earth rejoice. So let's pray as we give today. Lord Jesus, bless those two women that got baptized. We celebrate. We celebrate your faithfulness. There's not another name. And Jesus, thank you for claiming people to yourself. We pray for these 35 kids in Guatemala. Be good to them, Lord. Take care of them, Lord. We pray that our prisons would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. We pray that there would be no senior in one of our senior care facilities in town that feels alone. We pray, Lord, that you would take care of kids at Will Rogers Elementary. We pray that our food pantries would abound so that the poor could have what they need. Lord, we give today and we ask you to take these gifts and let earth rejoice singing, Jesus reigns forevermore. We pray these things today in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, 
four different ways you can give. You see that on the screen. Let's worship as we give today. Church, it's great to worship together, great to minister to the heart of God. We're going to open up God's Word with Pastor Brady in just a minute. Before we do, go ahead and turn around, find someone you don't know, find someone you didn't come to church with, shake their hand, introduce yourself, welcome this morning, then we'll open up God's Word. It's so good to see you. My name is Callie. Welcome to church this morning. Hey, my name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. If you're watching our Facebook or YouTube, tell us where you're watching from. We'd love to say hello. Yes, now grab your Bible, grab a notebook, grab a pen. It's time to lean in for a powerful message. Good morning, good morning, how are you? Doing good, yeah? I can feel the fall weather coming. Can you kind of feel it, all of the, all the old guys in the room? Your knees are starting to feel like a little fall coming. And uh, it's gonna, gonna happen this week. Gonna be in the 30s for the first time. I like it. I'm not sad about it, I'm kind of ready for it, right? All, all, the, all the little leaves are turning and great. Yep, I don't have to mow my grass anymore, that's great. 
That's done. Last one. If it, if it grows, it grows. If it dies, it dies. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> hey, we have a very exciting, powerful night coming to us this Wednesday night. And it's a, and now, let me just give you a brief history. When I came to New Life Church 16 years ago, New Life Church was considered one of the three or four most influential songwriting congregations in all of the world. Our songs were sung all over the world. And, and, the, and what I discovered when I came here was that the men and women who were writing these songs were extremely honest, thoughtful. There's a humility about them. There's, there's a seriousness that they take their craft. And over the years, we've had opportunities you know, to go out and do the big traveling show and get on buses and do big, and we have, <clears throat> they, they have, in the 16 years I've been here, said no to that because they love being here with you on Sunday. And that, that is, they, we are local church people. So, so, but, but, so you pay a price for that. Sometimes you give up fame and you give up notoriety for the sake of being with your people. And so when our team writes songs, I want you to know so they're writing them for you. Now, some of these songs will be sung all over the world. I, I get to travel, you know, around the world and almost everywhere I go, they'll sing a new life song and they didn't even know it was new life. I said, that's a new life song. And I said, oh, really? And most of the time I can tell them the story behind the song. So this Wednesday night, we are recording 10 brand new songs. We just sang one of them this morning. You've been singing some of them already. And this is really uh, a night you don't want to miss. I, I just, I'm just telling you, it, there's something happens. If you were here two years ago when we recorded that album, it's an electric night because something new is being birthed. Something that's been bathed in prayer. There's been intercessory prayer and uh, hundreds of hours of rehearsal and writing and prayer and discipleship that has brought these songs to a culmination that we're gonna to get to enjoy on Wednesday night. So I want you to cancel, unless you, unless you have a funeral or a wedding or a major surgery, even if you just had a minor surgery, if they let you out of the hospital by 6.30, you need to be here, All right? And bring the staff with you, okay? Bring, but I, I want you to come. I'm serious. I know, it's a, I know it's a school night. It'll only last an hour. It'll be the best hour of your week. And I promise you that. If, if not, I'll give you your money back. And it's a free event. So anyway, Wednesday night. Also, I, I want to encourage you about water baptisms. I love that story that Pastor Andrew told last Sunday about the 11-year-old the girl who was riding her bike to New Life East, gave her life to the Lord, got baptized in front of her family. That's an amazing story, guys. That, that's a miracle, New Testament, miraculous story of a little girl whose heart came alive and just comes to Jesus. Two 80-plus-year-old women in nursing homes. I don't know if you know this, but we broadcast into several nursing facilities around the city, and I'm getting letters. I, I'm, I, have, I get fan mail from 90-year-old women all the time. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal with the 90 plus crowd. I don't know if you know that or not. I can't walk into a nursing home without, you know, I gotta have my posse with me. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. I do get a lot of letters, so Real, really sweet. They call me, they call me Sonny, like son, young man, young fella. I love that. So 
I don't know where, what was I talking about? Like wa oh, water baptism. Yeah, that's it. I got to talking about myself and see, I got distracted. So we have water baptisms in two weeks on October 15th here at North. And I just want to encourage you, all right? Some of you have said yes to Jesus, but you have not gone into the waters of baptism. And I, we will create, God will be here and it is a party, it is a celebration, it is a joy, the most joyful thing that you can be a part of. Invite your family and friends, go to newlifechurch.org and sign up. I think we're gonna baptize over 100 people uh, on, that, on that weekend. And it's just gonna be a huge celebration. So come be a part of that for water baptisms on October 15th here, October 13th at New Life Friday night. All right, open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're in chapter 17. Let me give you a, a summary in case you're not familiar with this Old Testament book, it is powerful. Story after story, event after event, epic encounters, miracles, wars and treason. And I mean, it's unbelievable. A temple has been built. People are worshiping. The spirit of God has broken out over a nation. And we're only in chapter 17. At, by the time we get to chapter 17, the nation of Israel has split in two. 11 tribes go to the north, one tribe stays in the south, but they are now a split nation. And there is, uh, there is a huge moral decline that is set in, has come over the nation of Israel. A nation that was founded by God putting his hand on them, giving them a covenant, delivering them from Egyptian slavery, placing them in the promised land, helping them to vanquish their enemies and establish a peace, place of peace and prosperity, all of that's gone. And what has been replaced now is corruption, perversity, and idolatry. Now, so I wanna say this, sometimes people say, why, Brady, do we need to read a story that's 3,000 years old? The reason is, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. And what happened in the nation of Israel is happening in our own nation right now. We've turned our eyes away from the living God. I do believe that there was a special grace given to our nation in, in its inception. I believe the Lord smiled on America. I think there was a, a promise of freedom and opportunity that was given to our nation. I believe that there was a, a fabric of Christianity that kind of welded it together in the early days. And I believe that we're now paying the price as a nation for casting God out of our schools, casting God out of our public places, uh, really minimalizing morality, choosing perversity. What is good is being called evil. What is evil is being called good. And we're, 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 we are the nation of Israel right here, right in front of us. We are following after worthless idols. We are saying yes to our fleshly desires and not the things of the spirit. And there is a price to be paid for all of that. But I have good news. Now, that was a lot of bad news there. The story that I'm about to read is a story of a widow in verse King 17 who is paying a practical price for her nation's demise. There has, there's a three-year drought that has set in over the nation of Israel when we pick up the story. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a, a place where there's no rain for three years, but the cattle were dying, their crops were not growing, fresh water was very difficult to find, people were dying. All the cattle were dying. Everyone knew that, that something uh, calamitous was, was about to happen. And a prophet named Elijah 
happens upon a woman in her home and he has a conversation with her. And when I read that conversation this morning, I felt like the Lord said, remind New Life Church, remind the people of God at New Life Church that regardless of how dark the world may seem, God will always provide for his people. So New Life Church, do not lose hope. Do not let yourself be drawn into a place of despair. There is great hope breaking out all around the world. When elderly people are being baptized, when new songs are erupting, where where salvation is breaking out, healing begins to happen, miracles begin to surface. I believe, and I've said this to you multiple times, I'm gonna say it until all of you believe it. I believe the world will get darker and evil will become more evil. But at the same time, a a purified, holy, powerful church will rise up among the ashes and bring hope to a world that will be so desperate in need of hope. That is what I believe the scriptures teach us about the end of days. I do not lose hope. So do not lose hope. Do not be taken to a place of despair the Lord provides. And that's the message I want to share with you today in 1 Kings 17, verse 8. We'll start, we're going to read quite a bit here, so stay with me. The story's fascinating, though. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, this is, he's talking to Elijah here. And so he arose and went there, and when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, hey, also could you bring me a biscuit? Bring me some bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's how dire it was. This is how, this is the the place that she was living in and she had lost all hope. But listen to what Elijah says to her. Now stop here just for a moment. This is what the Lord is saying to you today. This is how I want want to teach you to read the scriptures. We're not reading the scriptures today for factual information. We're reading the scriptures today for personal revelation, corporate revelation. So if you read the Bible as a way of just discerning facts, you know, I'm looking for the facts of the story. Well, I can tell you the facts of the story, but the, the deeper way to read this text is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us? Well, the Holy Spirit's about to speak to us right now. So this woman has just said to Elijah, the prophet, we're dead. I have one more meal to cook. And then my son and I will hold hands together until our bodies give up. They're, 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 we're going to die. We're, we're, we're almost starved to death as it is. And Elijah said to her, and the Lord says to us today, do not fear. Don't make decisions about fear. New Life Church, a hundred, this is the true, a hundred percent of the time. Never make a decision 
out of fear. And Elijah says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now, that, now, that sounds like another story that we know of where Jesus is in front of a large crowd of people and they're out in the wilderness and Taco Bell has closed for the night and there's thousands of people out there and Jesus says to his disciples, bring the bread to me first, let me bless it and break it and then give it to them. And see, this is a type and shadow, this Elijah story is preparing the hearts of the Israel people, the Jewish people, for what Jesus would do a thousand years later. So he says, bring the food to me first. He says, and afterward, make some for yourself and your son. But he said, in other words, put God first when everything seems to be going wrong. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to New Life Church, the bin of flour shall not be used up. This is amazing. Listen, some of you, your bin of flowers a little low this morning. Maybe you came in this morning out of work, out of a job, resources are, are limited. You're worrying, you're, there's, and I understand that worry. You've heard me tell my story growing up. I was 14, 15 years old. My dad lost his company. We had to sell off all of the equipment. My dad had to declare bankruptcy. And we were, we were without anything in, in our house for months. And it was my freshman year of high school. It was devastating to us. We lost everything. I know what it feels like to go to school and be the only kid there without new school clothes. I know what that feels like to have no money. I mean, zero dollars. If we had not planted a garden that summer and, and canned all the food from that garden that summer, we would have not, there would have been times we would not have eaten that winter. But thankful for the Lord, we, had, we raised a pig and we had a garden, and that's what we ate all winter long. It was like 1876 at my house, but it was really 1976. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, to New Life Church, the bin of flour shall not be used up. And so she went away, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. In other words, either way, I'm going to provide for you. So she went away, this is, this, the great miracle of the story happens here. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. I can, I can sit here all, all day and tell you what God intends to do for you. But there will come a moment in all of our lives when we listen to the Lord and we hear the promises of God and they sound too good to be true. It said that, does, that does not make sense. If my son and I are starving to death, a total stranger just walked up to my house and asked me for half of my food. When we have one more meal left before we die of starvation, this guy walks up who, she knew he was a holy man, by the way. But even so, at some point, this woman had to decide to obey the Lord. And she did. Listen to this. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. There was Crisco in abundance. Do you, you know what Crisco? That's a Southern thing, okay? All right. 
lard. And the lard never ran dry. <laughs> In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Can we just ask the Lord right now to speak to us today? Father, we are here. Lord, I love these stories. I've heard these stories since I was a little boy. My mom read these stories to me when I was not able to read them myself. But Lord, here I am as 56 years old. I'm asking you to show me new things today about this story. Show us fresh revelation. These are your scriptures and they are continuously articulate. So speak to us, renew us, restore us, challenge us, convict us, shape us and change us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Here's what I, when I read this story, the first thing that's so obvious, but I think I need to remind myself, and maybe we need to remind ourselves this morning that the Lord always, 100% of the time, the Lord always blesses our obedience. When, when God asks you to do something, he will bless your obedience 100% of the time. So with that said, let me ask a question. I'm just, so I'm, I'm gonna poke, poke and prod here just a little bit. It's gonna get a little personal just for a second. So if that's true, what has God asked you to do this week that you keep putting off because it's not gonna be any fun? It's, it's making you uncomfortable. The conversation you're supposed to have had, the phone call you were supposed to make, the check or the money you were supposed to give to someone, the forgiveness you were supposed to offer, the grace you were supposed to give, the blessing you were supposed to be. There's these nudges all during the week in my life. I don't know how you live your life, but during my life, I'm listening to the whispers of the Lord. He's always, this is how my life looks throughout the day. I'm being guided, leading me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And oftentimes I, I had a plan to do this, but my day looks like this. A day, it's not, it's not wild things, it's not crazy changes. He didn't tell me to get on a plane to go to Africa on Wednesday, he didn't do that, that's very rare. But it's nudges, call them, check on them, say hi to them, uh, do that, send an extra gift here, whatever, it's just little nudges throughout the day. And this is a big one for this lady. Here's what I believe, I don't know much more about this lady than what we just read. But I think she had learned to obey the Lord because you'll never obey the Lord in the big things until you learn to obey the Lord in the daily things. See, this wasn't just the first time that she had been asked to do something. Now I'm assuming this, okay? The Bible doesn't say anything else about this lady. I don't know anything about her. I just know women like this. I know people like this. These are people who have conditioned themselves to saying yes to the Lord on a regular basis. Obeying the word of the Lord is easy and natural. It's a part of our nature. So God doesn't have to come to me and wrestle with me. He doesn't have to come and, and twist my arm or challenge me all the time. I wanna be the person who that he can whisper to, that just a gentle breeze, to, as the wind changes in my day, the sailboat tends to respond to the gentle, changing winds of our lives. And listen to this very carefully. This, this story reminded me of something that I know to be true for me. Sometimes God asks for what we have so he can give us what we need. Listen, some of you are asking God for something that you need, but you haven't given him what you have. Listen very carefully. You have a need in your life 
and you're asking God to meet that need. And that's nothing wrong with that. But 50 times he's asked you to give to a single mom and you haven't. He's going to ask you sometimes to give sacrificially. I'm not talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm talking about just giving something. And I'm not talking about money even. Are you giving anything of yourself away so that when it comes time for you to say, God, I have a need. He's, you know, he, he says back to you, I have watched you be faithful. And again, you can't earn this. I'm just saying God blesses those who are generous. The Bible is clear about this. If you are a generous person, you know what I know? Here's, here's what I've always discovered about generous people. They always have something to be generous with. They're not, I'm, not, I'm not promising you to be rich and skinny, okay? That's not, you know I don't preach that. I think that's a false doctrine. I'm, I'm living proof that it's a false doctrine. I'm not rich or skinny. Listen, <laughs> But here, here I, I do know this, 30 years ago, the Lord grabbed my heart and I am a generous person. And that's not being braggy. I'm just saying, I want to be a generous person. I, that's something that's it's a high value to me. Generosity is actually one of our four <clears throat> staff values that we talk about as a, a staff. A, anytime we can be generous, we're going to be generous. If you, you'll see that with, a, with the people that work here. If they can do it for you, they're going to do it for you. Because we're generous. We're, if, we, if we have it and our ability to give it to you, it's yours. That's generosity. If I have it and you need it, it's yours. That's, that's the essence of biblical generosity. God gives me something. I steward it until he tells me where to give it away. He gives me money. I hold on to it. I steward it. I try to multiply it. And when he tells me to give it away, I give it away. You know why? Because it never belonged to me. He gave it to me. I took it. I multiplied it. I, I, I was good stewards with it. I didn't spend it uh, uh, thoughtlessly. And then when it's in my hand, I don't, I don't grip it. See, I hold, hold money like this. When you start holding money like this, you're not generous. Generosity says I'm holding money like this. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to use it for his kingdom. And the Lord blesses our generosity. The Lord always blesses generosity. Every time, let me show you this to you in John 12. It's one of my favorite John stories. It's about a woman named Mary who had a pint of pure nard, not lard. That was, we were talking about that earlier. This is nard, which I've never, you know, nard is a real thing. It is a very expensive Middle Eastern ingredient for perfume in the, in uh, 2000 years ago, especially it was extremely rare and extremely expensive. Some Bible scholars believe that the amount of nard it would have taken for her to cover Jesus feet and body would have cost her about a year's salary. So let's say $50,000. It's a lot, but she had it in her hand and she had revelation that Jesus was headed to the cross. And listen to this, she poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, now he, got, he was infamous for other reasons, we know that. But one of his disciples who was later to betray him objected, of course he did. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? 
Listen, you can always come up with a reason not to be generous. And you can use church language to make yourself look self-righteous for not being generous. It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And you'll always have the poor among you. In other words, what he was saying, hey, uh, Judas, how many poor people have you helped today? With your own money? So when you get critical about other people's money, it's often a reflection of how poorly you're using your own. <clears throat> people argue, why, 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 why aren't we doing this? I said, well, when was the last time you did that? Well, you're supposed to do that, Brett. <laughs> That's a hundred times, I promise it happened. He said, you'll always have the poor. You'll not always have me. This is the moment she saw something that was valuable, the, the body of Jesus. And she took the most valuable thing she had and put it on the most valuable person she would ever meet. That's generosity. And listen, generous people are always gonna be accused of doing extravagant things. It doesn't make practical, pragmatic sense, right? It doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't make good budget sense sometimes. You, do, you give how much away? You give what percentage of your money back away? Do you know the average American gives less than 2% of their money to charity in general? 2%. Our country has lost its spirit of generosity. And yet we're still a very generous nation at 2%. Generous people, though, always add one more spoonful. Now, I got to tell you a story. I, was, I grew up in the most magical, difficult place you can imagine. I grew up on the Marshall Highway, six miles outside of Logansport, Louisiana. I lived, my mom and dad built a 1,200 square foot house with their own hands, built it when they, they were in their young 20s, three bedrooms, one bath, a tiny kitchen, a tiny living area, 1,200 square foot house. They built it with their, with their own hands. That's where I grew up for the first 11 years of my life, I lived there. Across the street, I had an aunt and an uncle, Uncle Red and Aunt Sybil, and if, you, if, I, if I got my mom on the speakerphone right now without her knowing anything, I would say, Mom, in your 77 years of life, who in our family, both my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family, and there, there's 30 women and 30 men in that group, 60 adults in that group, who among those 60 people is by far the best cook among all 60 of them. And she would out hesitating say, your Aunt Sybil, who lived across the street. Listen, when you're seven years old, you are always hungry. Always. And I could walk across that street and she always had a, a bunt cake, a pie, there was always something on her table that had just come every, I mean, every single day. I'm not exaggerating this. Every day. It's, it's, I, I should be a full-on diabetic right now with all of the sugar and fat and lard and salt. There is a dump truck full of salt and butter and lard that's gone through my body from Aunt Sybil's table. She made homemade biscuits, like that big around and that thick, massive biscuits. 
and gravy. Gravy was on everything. It was like the condiment on the table, right? Salt, pepper, and gravy. Now really, this is Louisiana, okay? They're number 50 on all the, ba- all ba- the good lists and number one on all the bad lists for a reason, all right? But the, the point is, no matter what time of day I walked across the street, my brother would come with me. If we were there more than 10 minutes, the question always came out, are you hungry? And the answer 95% of the time was, yeah. Well, I'll cook. She, she would always have something that she had already cooked. She would warm it up and put, I can, I'd see that table that I would sit at. I sat at that table hundreds of times. And she would bring that white porcelain plate, put it in front of me, and a ladle, I mean, I mean, just tons of food, like that much food. And we would eat. And then she would say, have a little bit more. There was always in her kitchen another spoonful on, a way, on its way. Now we were little, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and we would run 48 miles that day and burn it all off. I was skinny. <laughs> but that's why we were hungry. We were active. We were out in the woods and running and doing things, and we were just always hungry. And my Aunt Sybil was the oasis, the carb oasis. <laughs> the comfort food nirvana was right there across the street. And growing up, she did something that she, she, not only did she feed me well, and I still cook, I can still make buttermilk biscuit in the, 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 the skillet that she gave me. I have it at home, 75-year-old cast iron skillet that I still make biscuits in today, and I make them just like she taught me. And I'm just telling you that what she did in my life is she taught me what it meant to be generous. And I, I grew up, and I was, I was, I've said this to Pam many times, I've said it to people I want to be another spoonful person. I don't want to just meet the basic needs of the people around me. Because I want to learn to trust God like this widow in 1 Kings. When when she was down to nothing, she was down to her last bite. But the, the man of God showed up at her house and made her a promise that if you will give something back to the Lord, That jar will never go empty and that oil will never run dry. And she said, I believe. And she did it. And she had food until the rains came. Here's the next thing. We're not only we just rewarded here, because I think generous people are rewarded here, but let me show you this scripture. Generous people are rewarded in heaven as well. And this is even a bigger idea to me. Listen to what 1 Timothy is, and we'll be closed here in just a moment. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Now, let's stop for a moment because I want to really clarify something. God is not against you accumulating wealth at all. That's not the problem. What he's concerned about is that that's where you put your hope. You can put your expertise there. You can put your hard work toward it. You, can, you, should be, you should be diligent and wise in how you invest it and how you spend it. And you should not be embarrassed when it's multiplied. You don't have to lower your head around God because you have money. He just doesn't want you to hope in it. Just don't let it become your God. Command those. He said, don't find their hope in it, which is so uncertain. 
Does anybody remember 2009, 2010? Anybody remember 2020? <laughs> it's uncertain. It can come and go real quick. But put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our, come on, say this, enjoyment. Do you know that God wants you to enjoy yourselves? And sometimes a lot of money just brings a lot of more problems. Pam and I were just talking about this. We went on a little trip last weekend. We got a little away for a couple of days. And we were saying to each other, you remember how happy we were when I was 22 and Pam was 21 and we were living in a 500 square foot apartment. I made $1,000 a month. That was, I mean, you know, that's it. We were, she was finishing up her college. I graduated college. I was making a thousand bucks a month, $12,000 a year was my first salary. And we lived in a 500 square foot apartment, ate a lot of macaroni and cheese. I still love a macaroni and cheese because it reminds me of those first few meals we had together in our married life. And we were as happy as a lark, right? We were as happy as we could be. And poor as dirt. Driving cars that barely got us to work. Not knowing about anything, but listen, it, we were happy. And 34 years later, we have a little bit more and we're just as happy. Because we've never put our, our mind, we've never looked to that as the place where our hope resides. He says, command them to do good. Go on a mission trip. Go help, go, go out there today and find a place to serve somewhere in the city today. That's what he's saying. Give your life away. Do good. Be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. Just like the woman shared with Elijah. Listen to this. Here's the promise. Here's your promise. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Listen to this, that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I'm gonna end with this and I want you to write this down if you can or take a picture of it, whatever you wanna do. Get a tattoo with this on it, whatever you wanna do. <laughs> Just don't forget this. God doesn't bless what we own. He blesses what we've given him. Whatever you're holding on to, that's yours. Whatever you're willing to share, that belongs to the Lord. He, that's what he blesses. He blesses what you're willing to give. When he owns it, don't, never forget this, when he owns it, he blesses it. He owns this church, he'll always bless it. He owns everything, he blesses it. We're stewards, we're caregivers. We're shepherds, but he owns it. And I'm kind of glad. He's better at, at owning than I am. Would you stand up this morning? Let's pray together. I hope this has been helpful to you today. First Kings speaks to me. These stories in First Kings, they're speaking to me personally right now. I've really enjoyed going, I've never preached through the book of First Kings. I've never, this is my first time. And it's new to me, it's fresh to me, it's, 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 it's stirring up fresh things in me that I need to have stirred inside me. And I hope it's doing that for you too as I preach it back to you. Can you just close your eyes for a moment? I wanna just pray over you as a pastor. I told a few Sundays ago, the Lord challenged me. He said, at the end of every service, and you're gonna notice that I do this more, but the Lord said to me, pray over your people 
the way you want them to pray over each other. So I'm gonna pray over you right now the way I want you to pray over each other the rest of the week. You let me do that? Father in heaven, we're here today and we love you and we're grateful for your presence. And I pray for my brothers and sisters right now that they would be strong and steadfast, unmovable and unshakable. I pray that they would be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would reside in front of them and behind them, above them and below them. I pray, Lord, that the peace of God would rule and reign in their heart. I pray that the word of God would be a light for their path, a lamp for their path, a light for their feet, Lord, this week. I pray, Father, that you would lead them beside still waters, that you would make them lie down in green pastures, that you would restore their soul. I pray, Lord, that they walk through the valley of the shadow of death this week, that you would be with them. I pray your rod and your staff would protect them. Yes. Father, I pray your will be done in their life as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray for people right now that are wrestling with finances that need help. Lord, I'm, so, I'm sympathetic toward that. I, I'm, I'm aware that that's happening in our church. And I pray you'd make all of us aware of how we can help. Lord, give us opportunities to help them. And I pray you would open every door for every man and woman, every student in the room that needs a, a new job or a better job, I pray you'd open that door. Lord, would you move heaven and earth today for, and provide the right employment, the right business opportunities for the people in this room. Lord, I pray for those who are sick, mentally, physically, wrestling, struggling today. I pray for divine healing to overshadow them. I pray for everything broken to be repaired. In Jesus' name, I pray they be healed. Lord, I pray for marriages in the room today. I pray for every man and woman that has made a covenant of marriage with another person. I pray you'd strengthen them and encourage them and bless them. I pray, Lord, that the enemy would not be able to divide them, but I pray you would strengthen them. And I pray you would heal them so that they can have a whole marriage. I pray for students in the room that are wrestling with confusing ideas and thoughts about their bodies, about their gender. I pray today that, Lord, for the peace of the Lord would rest over them, for clarity to come around them. I pray that they would be surrounded by wise counsel, godly counsel, people that love them and care deeply for them to, to protect them and surround them in this time. Lord, give us strength today. Lord, send us out today as missionaries. Lord, let us be salt and light in a dark world that needs it. And I pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those of you that serve at the Lord's table, would you come down right now and be ready to serve at the table? This is the time where those of us that follow Jesus, who Jesus is Lord of our lives, this is when we come and do exactly what he asks us to do. Come and remember the, his body, to remember his sacrifice on the cross. And we take that cup and we take that bread. We're not just going through a religious ritual. We're declaring something. We're speaking something. We are reaffirming our belief in the person of Jesus. So if that's you today, you're welcome to come. And the ushers will give instructions. You'll come down, take the bread and the cup, go back to your seat. And stand there in just a moment, Pastor Daniel will come up and lead us to the table of the Lord. If you're physically not able to walk down, just nudge your neighbor and tell them, hey, bring me one of those, and they will for a small fee. <laughs> no, they'll do it. They'll do it for free.
So come to the table of the Lord.
story that Pastor Brady just taught us through was this lady in the Old Testament. It was her and her son's last supper. Think about it. She said it. It's the last supper. We're gonna make it. We're gonna die. And here we are at the table of the Lord, the last supper. This is my body, it's broken for you. I'm gonna make sure you're well, and then I'm gonna go die. This is the cup of the new covenant, I forgive you. You're gonna be well, you're gonna have the, you're gonna drink deeply of forgiveness for the rest of your life. I'm gonna go die now. Jesus understands that God does not bless what we own. He blesses what we have given over to him. And Jesus gives his body, he gives his life, he gives his heart. And so the question is, how do we become filled with the spirit of generosity? We're filled with the spirit of Jesus. And today he takes the bread and he's sitting across the table from you and me and he looks us in the eye and he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember what I'm like. And so this week, as you have opportunity, I pray that Jesus would catch you in the moment and he would show you a moment that he's created for you to be generous. And so today, receive the bread from Jesus, the bread of generosity to become the people of generosity. You may partake. What about the forgiveness? Jesus said, I've got it taken care of. Friends, every day with Jesus is a new start. Every day with Jesus is a beginning. Every day with Jesus, if any person be in Christ, Paul says, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so whatever you're carrying to the table of the Lord today, put it down and receive the cup from Jesus. There's newness, there's forgiveness. You may receive forgiveness today. And let's sing at the top of our lungs. Come on, all the earth will shout your praise. We'll shout your praise. Hearts will cry. These bones they'll say, sing praise. All the earth and all the earth will shout your praise. Hearts will cry. These bones they'll say, sing praise. Are you 
Can you shout unto God? Can you give Him praise? Come on, church. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Before we pray the prayer of benediction, I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If any of you want extended prayer, we would love to agree with you. Two quick announcements. Please go slow today in the lobby. Go to the booths. Look around. The Broncos are not good enough for you to be in a hurry today. I promise you that. I promise you that, okay? Let's just be honest in the house of God, okay? Go slow in the lobby. Look. Ask questions. Get information. Dream about. Pray about. If you got little kids, maybe there's a trip you should go on. Let's just go slow in the lobby today. That's the first thing. Second thing, Wednesday night, please do not miss it. Cancel everything. Be here. We're going to worship. We're going to record these 10 songs that are going to go to the earth. So please join us on Wednesday night. You will not regret it. Now, would you open your hands to receive the blessing of God? I pray today. May the Lord bless you. He wants you well. May he bless you. May he bless you. May he bless you. Money's not a problem. May he bless you. May he bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and all of your people. And may he grant you peace today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, one more time, can we give God thanks for what he's done here today? What a great day in the house of the Lord. Beautiful. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.